Oh, Did anything pop up on your screen? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I think I think we're live technically now. It, it, I have like a legal disclaimer on mine. Where it's like I need you need to inform all parties that they are now recording, but I guess yeah. they already tell you, so I don't understand that. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. All right. So, God, I don't know how to begin this. I've never done like a. This I isn't... guess just start it the way you normally would, and then just introduce me. Okay. I mean, so this is all audio based, so no one can see the the flashing Justin Foley name on your uh, on your Skype call, but yeah, uh. For anyone who is listening to this, uh, post tense, uh, this is my friend Justin Foley here. Uh, I've met him through college, and we are continuing to stay in contact. And uh, I, I don't again, like I don't think this is like an interview. We're just gonna have a conversation and talk about uh, an interesting, sort of interesting. I don't know, uh, location very close to his house, <laughs> um, up in New York. And Justin, what would that place be? The infamous or famous, depending on uh, how you feel about all of this, the Amityville Horror House looks famously <laughs> a awful, awful film series started off by Ryan Reynolds. Uh, no, not oh, wait, started. Right, I'm sorry, the 1970s movies. And to be fair, this is not the only one because I looked it up, and apparently, it's not just the Amityville like whatever. That's the one he was in. There's also it's- the Amityville Horror which is a separate thing, which has like a two-star rating on IMDb or something. <laughs> like, it's way, way lower than the 2005 stuff. <laughs> it's like, I, don't, I just don't get it. Um, so yeah, yeah. So today, I don't know when this will be going up. I don't know how to, I don't whatever. Uh, we'll be talking about the Amityville house slash residency. I, I, I don't know, because apparently some of the stories have like shit happening outside of the house and like i, I don't know i yeah, again like I, Let, let's yeah, just okay, get that yeah. out of the way first of all that's all every <laughs> everything you think you know about the amityville horror house just based off of like the movies that you've read it's all bullshit so we're, we're here to debunk some of it and like let's just <laughs> living near it you really learn that it's full of shit and it's not that cool but yeah and i think it's a good talking point yeah, and I, I based off like other things like because uh, I told you I I mainly have only seen like the I I have seen the recent one the movie but I was first introduced through the like the nineteen I think eighty three movie I believe it was um I think the original I don't know if it's the original one or not but uh like I was that and then later on I saw like the documentaries and stuff you know on like the back when History Channel was aliens and conspiracies and ghost stuff like 24 yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched documentaries then. And the, I mean, I think towards the end I started to get like, you know, like, cause in the beginning you're like, Oh my God, like this is the thing that everyone talks about. They have countless movies about it. And then they sort of like, get, like wrap up the story and you're just kind of like, I don't know how much I'm on board with this anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can I can kind of understand like certain things, but 
I think as time went by, I agree. Like it kind of went and like just blew out of proportion, kind of like whisper down the lane type stuff. And uh, I don't know. Like I, you obviously would probably know more because again, you live what like half a mile away or something or some like crazy short just distance, under, just under three miles away. And if there's zero traffic, I can drive there in about two and a half minutes. So, so yeah, you're so you're like the distance of where we were living to center city essentially yeah yeah because that's like roughly three three miles so you, you were like a like a 20 30 minute walk on a good day <laughs> type. Yeah, exactly. so you're like you're in the neighborhood essentially yeah for the most part i mean my my suburb area is somewhat similar to the suburb area where the murders happened but also different enough that you know you're in a very different town yeah yeah okay yeah so i mean but it's just to give a basis because yeah for some people would be like oh god uh um so i don't i think you said they changed it but i'm just looking it up here right now uh technically the address yeah okay because you mentioned they, they changed the address of the location uh on like ocean avenue they didn't really change it. They just added four. They they went from 108 Ocean Avenue uh, to a, from originally 112 Ocean Avenue. Yes. But I don't know when they made the cosmetic changes to the outside, but the house now is essentially all white outside. So when I first went looking for it, I was going off the old picture and... Uh-huh. I had trouble finding the house because, I mean, some of the houses do look like that going down that street. But this one, when you see it and you realize the address, it is very distinct. And then you realize, like, oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, so I, like, what I'm reading like right here, it says uh, the Amityville house officially sold in... So I guess this is the last time it sold, or at least since this article came out from... Uh, biography.com uh it sold in february of 2017 i believe it's up for sale right now actually well i think it's always up for sale honestly (laughs) um it's a good investment oh yeah yeah because like well sort of i mean here it says that uh it was sold to an undisclosed owner for six hundred and five thousand dollars which was two hundred thousand dollars less than the original asking price which you know makes somewhat sense people negotiate yeah. Uh, it was owned previously by four separate families since the murders, and then one of those families during that time changed the address. And I guess at one point, recently at least, they changed the the outside paint and like I guess like window shackles or whatever. Yes. Uh, but you said you said the windows were what gave it away essentially when you were. Like, yeah, because hunting the for it. So one of the most haunting things about the house, and for anybody listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, just look up the house. Oh, and, yeah, I have it up in front of me. It, yeah, it's and, creepy. It's not. Yeah, it, it, it looks like two eyes at the top of the house. So yeah, that's it looks, it looks really like what makes it distinct and gives it away. So once you see the windows and just the just the facade of the house, because the house is actually sideways compared to the street. Yeah. Like, yeah. the entrance is sideways for whatever reason. Um, 
and it's not a backyard and it's just it's just a very awkward house on the block so just the fact that that happened to be the house i think that makes it a little bit more creepy in my eyes yeah i mean from from what i'm looking at like the old dated photo the black and white one to be fair, it honestly looks like a jack-o'-lantern in a way. Like, it has, like, the stem would kind of be, like, the chimney in the center. And it kind of, like, wraps around. And you got those, like, weird, like, curved, triangular-looking, like, attic windows, I guess, were the ones you were talking about. The ones up on top. Yeah. Yeah, so then, like, you have those. And then you have, like, two windows for, like, the second floor. Uh, but, I mean, back then, I guess the house was a much darker color. Uh, like it was like dark red or black or like a navy tone so it was definitely more ominous ominous yeah ominous looking than uh what it would be today which you said is like white or something yeah so i don't know at what point they decided to change it all white i guess just to make it just to i guess maybe hide it because a real problem um just talking to like some of my friend's parents who lived in the area one of my friend's parents, like, actually knew the guy, knew Ron DeFeo, the guy who who murdered his family in that house. Uh, one of them, like, actually, like, used to go out to the bars and, like, he would be there all the time and, like, they got to know each other, which is just absolutely insane to me. Yeah, I mean, he was our age when he when he committed the murder. Yeah, he, was he, was, 23. he was 23. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's... It's very creepy. It's very crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I nothing like that has ever happened in my town that I've known of, at least. So, like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, you know, someone you went to like high school with or something just doing this after like college at this point. So, I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, who was just mentioned, uh, Ronaldo. Is it so Ronaldo J. DeFeo Jr. I thought it was just... uh, I think it's his whole name. I could be wrong. Um, so the the, the he took, he murdered his like whole family in I guess in their sleep essentially uh, in the house back in I believe it was in the seventies uh, either seventy four or seventy five I it think seventy four November of seventy four. Okay, yeah, that may that may make sense. Um, so he he murdered his whole family with a rifle, and uh, it was like big headlines. Obviously, like shook the whole neighborhood because. Like you said, like people just thought he was just like he was some guy that they knew. It wasn't, you know, something that they were really expecting yeah. or like no one would expect that, uh, especially from like a small little like essentially suburban esque area, I guess back then, especially too. Because um, this is like what, like 20, 30 miles out from uh, New York City, give or take, what you would say? Yeah, around, I think it's like 30. I, I, I actually looked this up earlier. I think it was like 35, 33, somewhere in that area. Like only like, a, like in retrospect, it's not that far from New York City. Yeah, it, it's over on uh, Long Island. So it, it's in the it's in the town of Amityville. If, I don't know why uh, in my head early on, I thought it was uh, essentially like the, the I guess like the, the street or the house itself was the Amityville aspect. Um, yeah. But it's it's the town which I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a it's a strange um, like label, I guess, to just attribute it to one house. But uh, that's what took place, and it like you know swept the news at the time. 
And uh, so to be to clarify things, that took place. All that essentially is true, correct? Like there there was the murder. These people died. It was yeah, committed so, by this guy. Yeah, exactly. So what is completely 100% true is this guy, Ron DeFeo, uh, killed six members of his family, his mom, his dad, and I believe his four siblings. He had a 18-year-old sister, a 13-year-old sister, a 12-year-old brother, and a 9-year-old brother. And he murdered the four siblings and his mother and father uh, at around around 3.15 in the morning, I think it's determined around. And that comes into that time comes into play later on uh, with the new family, but uh, with a 35 caliber rifle, which that also leads to some speculation about it because apparently nobody around heard the gunshots in the middle of the night, and that's I mean, a, six different six separate gunshots. I think you're bound yeah. to hear one of. Them. I mean, I mean, the, do we? I don't know if they specify. Who was killed first? Um, I don't know that. Because in my opinion, at least from my own experience, especially when I was a kid, I would sleep through anything, like anything and everything. Um, oh, yeah, like no, a, car, no. a car could crash through my... Like, well, you know, like we live, at least where we were staying, we live right next to train tracks. Yes. And the train doesn't wake me up because it starts back up, I believe, around like 4 a.m., give or take yeah uh so from four until i want to wake up whenever in the morning those don't really affect my sleep schedule so i can sort of understand if like maybe the parents were killed first that the kids may not have woken up but like again like i it doesn't seem like they clarify whether or not who we killed or what order they kill people in uh but i don't know i guess Maybe even two, if like you put a pillow over their head or something, and shot into it, it might muffle it. I don't know how loud a thirty-five millimeter rifle is in a house, so you know, <laughs> I would have to be there, like type thing, to really get a grasp on. I can just kind of pull at straws at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So, for those of you that, that have seen the movie, you're aware that you would be aware that. The movie doesn't cent- isn't centered around the murders themselves. They are centered around the family that then purchased the house and started to experience some paranormal activity that they claimed was happening in the house. And they ended up only staying there for less than a month after they moved into the house and bought it. Uh, they only stayed there for 28 days. And yeah. regardless... Oh. I'm sorry? I was going to say, I think they bought it roughly a year after the murders too so it wasn't like right away or anything yeah yeah it was about 13 months and because of the murders they got the house for eighty thousand dollars i i mean to be fair yeah <laughs> i mean you have, to, you have to disclose like recent deaths in a house anyways so you know yeah. a mass murder would very very significantly slash that uh market value for the house um, oh, I agree. I just didn't think it would slash it down to eighty, eighty thousand dollars. Like, that's well below market price, even for a murder house. That that's way below what you know my my family moved into in uh the Philly suburbs back in I think like oh seven or something. Like we paid like twice that much. So 
it is crazy to think like even back then and like this is in long island it's pretty decent like location and all that type of stuff so yeah it's significant yeah and i would just like to state for everybody that don't move to long island because it's very (laughs) here like yeah so amityville is right next to massapequa Mm -hmm. and massapequa starts is like the border of the new county along with amityville Suffolk County was rated like probably I think it was the number one most expensive place to live in the world. So I know that's unrelated, but just please don't move here if you want to say if you want to have money. It's just not fun. Yeah, I, I told you my brother's up there right now and he's staying with all his like rich quote unquote friends. And I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. The little dweeb. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like his brother. Yeah. That one time. That's true. Um, so, yeah. OK, so. So this new family moved in uh, about a year later, and they stayed roughly about a month. Uh, their last name, I believe, was the Lutz family, although yes. I don't know if that's their real name or if that's just a that, name. That that actually is their real name. Some of the new, okay, okay. some of the other movies ended up changing it to give mm-hmm. it like a new spin on it, which is dumb and stupid. Okay, yeah, because I mean, most articles uses... have it as Lutz, but I just yeah, you know, always want to clarify. Yeah, so the original book that the movies are based off of uh use the real name except the only real name is that's not real was the priest that comes in and does a house blessing at some point they changed okay. his name for privacy reasons or whatever it was stupid and i'll save that for later because i think the most like absurd and crazy story i think has to do with the priest <laughs> and um which may give some credence to the fact that, like, hey, this is a made-up name. Maybe this whole event was made up. Um, but he comes into the picture much later into the process, I believe. Like, he yeah. doesn't come right away, or he comes, like, periodically throughout their less than a month there, give or take. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so it's George and Kathy were their names, uh, and I believe they had a few kids... I don't think the kids were super important because I think from what I can remember from like the documentaries and stuff, I believe most of the stuff sort of happened to the parents from what I can understand. Like the kids had things happen, but you know, like the parents were the main focus of like the interviews and everything. So it was all from their point of view and their, I guess, version of events. So I guess they would probably be the best ones to talk about. I'm not sure. Um, unless you like know something about the kids. Cause I think the kids talk about it more as like time went on. Um, but to me, I think the more the story keeps getting retold is the more diluted it will get. So I think like the parents accounts, even if they are, you know, skewed in some way will most likely be the most accurate, but Again, accurate is is a quote unquote term at this moment <laughs> uh, because yeah. basically everything that happens within this month is like take with a entire canister of salt. Yeah. So one of the big things was that the dad George Lutz, uh, the father that ended up buying the house uh, after the murders. It was said that he would wake up at around 3.15 every morning 
which is around the estimated time of the actual murders by Ron DeFeo. And it's not like he was setting an alarm for that time. Like, he would just randomly wake up around that time almost every single night because, like, he would just have this feeling that he just had to wake up around that time. Mm -hmm. Um, The family claimed to smell strange odors. They would see green slime oozing out of the walls and the keyholes. Uh, Apparently, the dad had a history of dabbing in the cult, like, in a cult uh, it was just very, mm-hmm. it, it's it just, just, it's a, it's like, there's so many different angles to this story. Like some of it is just like, yeah, okay, that's creepy. And other is like, all right, like, like this is, this is horse shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I think to, to be fair, like I can understand some of it because like, Again, it's a creepy house, like, and if you're told that, like, six people were killed here, mm-hmm. I would probably be a little, like, on like on edge for the most part being there, like, even if I knew, like, nothing was there. Um, like, it's, like, the whole, like, sensation you get when you go and you go to places that you are told are haunted. And so even if you don't believe and, like, even if nothing happens, you kind of, like, have that, like, I guess, expectation that something might happen, so therefore you're kind of like already in a weird mindset. So I can kind of understand like maybe just normal noises that you would hear every day in that environment might spur some more like suspicion or I guess like anxiety. Uh, so I can kind of attribute that to like some of like the noises maybe, but like you said, like the whole green ooze coming out of the wall is a little out there. Um, the, the thing I, I can't find it because I don't really remember who talked about it. Um, but the thing with the priest, because uh, you he you said he did a cleansing. I believe in some reports they say he just did like a full out exorcism, which I don't think you can technically even do on your own. Yeah, I, I don't even I know how that works. That. All I heard was like, and I heard that he, like maybe something else happened, but the version I had heard was. They moved into the house, and then they were urged by, like, whoever was, like, selling them the home or, like, a close personal f- friend, like, before they moved in there. Like, hey, you know, like, better to better to play on the safe side. So why don't we just get this priest in here? He'll do a quick home blessing. You guys will live here for, like, the rest of your days. And the family yeah. was like, eh, yeah, sure, that sounds good. And <laughs> they, they did a blessing, and apparently the priest went into the house alone to just do the blessing himself and he allegedly and if you could see me right now would be air quotes yeah i could talk (laughs) but he allegedly heard something in within the house say get out and Mm -hmm. he didn't tell the family about it after the fact i i could (laughs) have sworn though that because i think he comes more than once from what I can under can from like I don't know it's just from what I can remember like reading or or hearing from like another account that the priest in particular had other stuff happen to him and okay hold on I'm trying to I mean it's completely it I mean it's possible uh I th- oh yeah uh I I know I think it happened to the wife too but I'm pretty sure it happened to the priest during 
either this moment or whatever moment he came into the house uh, that they're like swarmed with flies, like just insects that come out of nowhere. Yes. Did you hear about that? Mm -hmm. And they said it was particularly weird because when they bought the house, so they bought the house 13 months after the murders. So it happened in November, which means they would have bought the house in like December, January ish. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no flies in winter. Yeah, especially up here up north. Like, exactly. I, I mean, maybe you might get like a stink bug that like found its way into your house, but everything yeah. either dies or is gone for the most part. Exactly. Like they just can't sustain themselves in this in the cold climate that is the the northeast. So, I mean, that was one thing that was just like, oh yeah, there was. They had flies all over their house. It must be haunted. Like, no, maybe you just have a really bad insect problem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what, one well, also, too, you said that they have um, – I forget what, what the word you said. They have water near – like right out back of the house. Yes. It's, yeah, they have a canal in their backyard. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, I don't – I mean, obviously, they, they said flies, but, I like, you know, mosquitoes – you know, live and like thrive in those sort of like weird wetlandy type environments. Yeah, exactly. So I can maybe like that. It all just came from there. Like bugs just were able to seep in if it was like a warmer uh, winter or something. But I, I don't know. It just seems odd that like you could just pop out of nowhere. Um, yeah. But what one quick thing that I want to bring up uh, before we move on to like the just absolutely like just out outlandish uh, claims is. I want to take a step back to uh, DeFeo himself um, because I think he, like, despite this being, like, a horrific event, him, like, himself, I think, plays a lot of, like, credence into the fact that this story went out of control because throughout the years, he keeps, like, changing his story nonstop and, like, yeah. his, his yeah. like, so there's, like, two, like, timelines, I guess, so to speak which would be, like, the point in which he kills his family onwards, and then once other families start living in the house. And his timeline just keeps going because he keeps changing his story. And, like, some people say that there's, like, a mafia angle to it. Other people... And I think this is the one that sort of blew up the whole, like, paranormal, like, craziness, haunting type stuff. Uh, people, I think, played up the fact that he may have been like hearing something or something like compelled him to kill his family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. which I don't think helps his case. And I think officially he was declared like mentally unfit in general. Um, but at the time, like, you know, like if someone kills their whole family, then all of a sudden later on, it's like, I'm hearing demons that just blows the story up and all over again. And, uh, so I just want to like bring that up because I think it gives some like context as to like, hey, this guy did this horrific event and then nothing happens in the house until another family with like somewhat similar like family dynamic sort of thing uh, moves in. So um, I just want to I think he says uh, according to one interview he gave in 19. 86 so about 10 years after this happened and way after the lutzes even moved out um uh his sister 
uh, his sister Dawn killed their. His story is like, is that his sister Dawn killed their father, after which their mother killed Dawn, and then the other kids went around killing each other. And then the, he just like found the gun and was like, "What is happening?" Yeah. It's just it's so bizarre, and I think possibly this was like an attempt to maybe even just get the insanity plea um because i'm pretty sure mass murder would either get you the chair or life in prison so you know <laughs> yeah um so i i just happen to know that and i mean honestly if i were him i would have stuck to this story to plead insanity he claimed that there were voices like either in the house it, well, definitely in the house that were telling him that he had to kill his family. So he had been having these demons or these voices talk, speaking to him. And he then was like, you know what? Fine. I'll do it. So he did it. And he then ran out to the local bar that like he frequented and yeah. said, Hey guys, I think my mom and dad are shot. After the fact, so he, was, he was just like in utter denial. Yeah, like he was in utter denial. Like maybe he blacked out when he was doing it. I mean, it makes sense, you know. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes, oh my god, I think my mom and dad are shot. And apparently, a whole bunch of people came with them, and they—that's where they found all of the bodies, and they were all laid exactly the same. They were all on their stomachs in bed. Yeah, yeah, I did see that too, which I think, again, plays into the whole, like, this is really weird, like, a lot of weird circumstances, yeah. um, because I think they were, they weren't, I think they were, they weren't shot, uh, like, on their backs, though, from what I can understand, like, I think they may have been turned over, like, they, like, obviously not all six people are sleeping on their stomachs, with their faces into the pillow, um, I think that was like a after fact type thing. And, yeah, exactly. uh, like if he did it, he probably placed them there. Yeah. Which I mean, if playing to the whole angle of like shock and stuff, perhaps, especially if he's like mentally unhinged, like he just didn't want to see the face. Like I, I can understand that, which again, like, like I'm saying, like, I think this whole, this whole portion of the story is the most credible, like obviously the murders happen but like everything after this night is when it just starts to slowly go downhill um and just like branch off into different different avenues yeah. and um i i i do i'm reading something that apparently after the after the murder and everything i don't think the i don't think the beds were involved but i there's a few sources that say that um, the Lutzes moved into the house with the furniture already there. <laughs> yes, yes. So, Which... so apparently they got a really good deal on the yeah. <laughs> on the furniture. So they were just like, you know what? An eighty thousand dollar house, an extra like I think it's like. 400 or 700 dollars or some outrageous number like that to keep all the furniture in the house so for less than ninety thousand dollars you get a fully furnished home oh my god in a very what it, besides this is actually a very good neighborhood yeah especially, especially back then it, it, yeah 
they are right. So, like, <laughs> I just want to put this into perspective. You pass the high school, and it is the first. It is the first turn you can possibly make past the high school if you're going towards New York City, and that like the house is like like five or six houses down. You can see the you can see the high school there, and it is just like the high school is pretty nice, and it's just like a good neighborhood overall. So like this happening there. That really sent shockwaves through. Like, everyone on Long Island was talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like it's a small neighborhood. This sort of thing riles you up. And uh, I think the events that happen afterwards, I think particularly after the Lutzes move out, is what really stirred up this whole, like, infamacy and just media craze. Um because I'm, I'm reading through some of like the things that sort of were both claimed or like sort of happened or maybe happened and whatever is going on. Um, from what I, okay, I'm trying to like read through this thing while also <laughs> relaying it. Um, there, there is like a somewhat relatively famous photograph uh, of like quote unquote, you know, paranormal proof type thing uh that apparently has come out of the house itself although it's not very well marketed and uh again this is like no offense to these people but uh to the you you know who the the warrens are correct yeah from the conjuring movies uh well from like real life but yes yeah denise or like something uh, I, I, and, I know of them yeah yeah ed and lorraine yeah ed and lorraine that's it i'm sorry yeah uh which i guess anyone who's listening to this would probably already know uh i think they both passed away i, I think officially this year uh i think lorraine died um yes i believe so yeah uh so apparently this was taken on her or on, on their um investigation uh so on your end could you google um just like demonic boy photograph, <laughs> just like, just like the most stereotypical keywords. Uh, just just type that in, and I'll see if I can, like, guide you through this somehow. Uh, and I'll pull it up on my end too, um, because this photograph is relatively, again, well known. Or at least said like demonic boy. Yes. Just Google Demonic Boy. I think so. Hold on, I'm pulling it up, up too. Uh, oh, the Amityville Ghost Boy photo. Yeah, it's like the first things that pop up. History versus Hollywood. Yeah, let's see this. I mean, again, like people would still highly debate it, uh, but apparently this photo was taken on their investigation and like with no like context or whatever. And there are other photographs like of the same angle of just like back to back shots that he doesn't technically pop up in. So I don't know. Um, but again, like this wasn't highly advertised. It's the fact that this took place in the house during their investigation. Yeah. Uh, but apparently that allegedly people think might, you know, be one of the kids that was killed. That's just still 
chilling there, hanging out, and uh, being all creepy like a cat. I mean, that's that's really creepy, actually. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, keep in mind, I think this was. Uh, uh God, when now apparently this... this so the how so this was taken in seventy six, and the father and George Lutz, the the guy who bought the house immediately after, and like all this stuff happened to, and him and his family are the subject of the movies. Uh, he revealed the photo in seventy nine, so it was taken okay. in seventy six. Revealed in 79. And I don't know. Was there technology back then to, like, doctor photos like this? I mean, okay, well, obviously there's no, like, Photoshop. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, maybe there was, just, like, only for, like, universities. Because uh, I think Adobe's been around for a while, uh, longer than we think. Um, but... It is technically possible to fake. Like, obviously, you could just have a kid there. Um, but quote unquote, like ghost photos are pretty easy to fake. It's like a whole like spirit photography, whatever thing that a lot of like con artists could do, and they could do that essentially since like cameras have been a thing. Um, it takes a bit more like prepping so to speak to do but it is possible uh a lot of those techniques would have to do with like double exposure and stuff like that yeah uh however and i'm no photo expert um but i'm pretty sure that most people don't believe that this was doctored i don't think they are like confident whether or not it was staged but i from what I can understand and what I've like looked up, they don't believe that this is like a double exposure. I could be wrong. Like I could be a hundred percent wrong, but to, to what other people have like gone in and like analyzed this, there's like, this is like a physical, like black and white on its own type photo. There's no double shot overlaid type stuff to like superimpose him into the shot. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it could easily just be a doll or a kid or a mask just, like, sitting up because, it like, everything else is essentially covered. Like, it's literally right. just, like, the head. So, it's, like, you can sort of see, like, a figure, but it's, like, it's all the same tone and it's all, like, the same shape. Like, it doesn't – it could easily just be, like, a stand or something that's there behind the railing within the – within the – um the bedroom uh, doorway. And yeah. uh, again, like this, again, I'm not like a photo expert, but I, I can edit photos. Um, but the fact that it's in black and white too, is like, even if it was manipulated somehow, it's so much harder to like tell whether or not a photo is, is uh, edited, or I guess you can hide the edits a lot easier when it is black and white. Like, if it's color, it's a lot harder to really hide that or mask it. So, I don't know. Uh, it's neat that this came out of that location, though. Uh, I believe this this specific uh, 
this particular photograph definitely creeped me out when I was younger. And I was like, um, (laughs) I don't want to see that when I walk up the stairs. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like that, like when that photo came out, that just added more fuel to the flames. Um, but people, I think people for the most part have been like debating whether or not this has been fabricated since like the beginning. But the Lutzes are like the prime advocates for like this did happen to us. Um, and I believe the Warrens do too. Uh, from what I can understand, like they were pretty adamant that like this happened. But at the same time, like they got a lot of credibility and like fame out of it too. So who knows? Uh, but from what I can understand, the Lutz kids still talk about this or maybe just like one of them. Um, like to this day, they'll still very much be like, "Yeah, this happened." I I don't know because there's been like so many different interviews and stuff like that uh, to narrow in on, but I'm pretty sure that they they do the, the kids at least that the they do say that like the story is a little bit out of hand in some places from what I can remember. Like I'm not quoting this as fact but like they do say like it's a creepy house weird stuff happened obviously i was a kid but whether or not you know this happened like from my memory it did uh whether or not you know it was bleeding walls and crazy like demonic children running up and down the the wall and hallways like you know they support the fact like that might not be the case um but I'm trying to find that one thing that I wanted to mention that I think was in relation to the priest, but I can't find it. Like articles talk about it, but um, they don't like in the title, but they don't ever talk about the event. Uh, let me just Google the whole thing. Uh, Amityville house. Um, okay. Because this, I believe, was in the movies. Um, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure something had to do with it in real life, too. I don't know. Uh, uh, what Danny Lutz saw in the window of the Amityville Horror House. Oh, okay. oh this one I know. This I know. It, oh, was, you, you, you... it was a pig figure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With <laughs> That's red what I wanted eyes. to talk about. Yeah, so okay, so it was the kid, not the priest. Um yeah, so, so if anyone Yeah, anyone who did see the movie, this was, I believe, in the movie. Uh I don't know if it was the exact like recreation or not, but apparently the kid saw like I guess he was in the backyard or whatever, the side yard in this case. Um he looked back up and in like the upstairs windows there was this <laughs> And and he even says like in his in his account it's a cartoon esque demonic pig staring out down at him with chilling eyes from the attic window. Uh, it may not sound scary in uh, semantic, but the fact that Danny genuinely believed that he was seeing uh, this figure uh, is scare is spooky enough. And like, yeah, to me that's like the like the height of the most outlandish thing that possibly happened there uh 
but I wasn't there, so I don't know. Maybe something was just in the window. Because, I mean, I, I've done that. I do that in my own house. I still, like, you'll you look at something in the weird angle or whatever, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> but then you look yeah. at it again, and you're like, all right, it's fine. But at this point in time, too, he's young. Like, he's a lot... I don't think he's even, like, a preteen at this point. He's... When they were living there, at least. Uh, so I can totally understand him, like, misattributing something up in the attic of all places, like as being this like silhouette of this monstrous pig quote unquote uh whether or not it was a demon i don't know <laughs> um but i think when those stories came out people were like yo this defeo guy like, he's hearing demon voices in his head then this kid yeah, and his family yeah, like he's hearing demons and they told him to they told him to kill his family so yeah like, obviously like like that's a good reason because like Normal people don't just like go out and kill their families for no for no get goddamn reason. So they're just exactly. so like you kind of just like attribute it to like, oh yeah, no, it was it's definitely demons, guys. Like that's well, like, definitely that's definitely what it is. Like a like I said too, percent. I'm pretty sure it was like established that he has mental issues. So. Yeah, but he when could he have easily to, been he tried to like, plead insanity, the court was like, "Yeah, no, we don't think so." <laughs> well, yeah, because like it, it's so. I mean, I guess maybe to the fact that like it may not have been extremely premeditated, but like the fact that it was waited till all the family was asleep and all of them were in bed, like it it sort of has that level of like this wasn't just a spur of the moment type event. Because if it was, it would just happen, like, whenever. And I think it would have been a lot more messy in the fact that, like, you know, they were in bed, nothing was tossed about. I think they said it took place in, like, 10 to 15 minutes. Like, that doesn't seem like a deranged person going off the the hinges and doing that in such a quick amount of time and then running to, like, like you said, running to the bar. Like, yeah. If, if I'm going off the rails and I just kill my whole family, I'm going to keep going off the rails. I'm not going <laughs> to appear fine and run to the to the bar. But, you know, that's me. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, in that no, situation. I completely agree. But, yeah. so, so, like, I don't – so, like, just to, I guess, just get back on track with, like, some of the other paranormal, paranormal stuff. Apparently, the garage door would continue – would continuously, like, open and close – an invisible spirit knocked the knife down in the kitchen. Uh, the pig thing. And then George would wake up to his wife, Kathy, levitating off their bed. And then see the sons, Dan, Dan and Christopher, also le- levitating together. Oh, God. Oh. Which, I mean, I feel like as you go down the list, it just gets more and more unbelievable in my eyes. Yeah, and... Like I said early on, like I think a lot of this technically happened to the parents. Like obviously you have the whole yeah. pig thing with Danny, but aside from their reports of like this was creepy, we you know heard noises perhaps. I think some of the kids' reports were like they would hear footsteps moving about or like knocking and stuff like that, like more mundane things. But then you have like these other reports, I think, where the wife would would see the, the the random flies coming in and out of the house, but she was alone. And then you would have the dad or the, the stepdad, I think, in this case, 
you know, seeing his family levitating while they're all sleeping. Like, like all these accounts that are like extreme, like even the one with Danny, he's alone in the yard. Like, well, apparently, apparently that one happened with, uh, the two of them with George and his son. Okay. Well, the, the thing I read was just Danny. Okay. So I guess both of them saw it. Okay. That, okay. I guess that gives a little more credibility. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I think it. I don't think it took place at night either. Like it was relatively light out, from what I can understand, because they're outside I, playing. I didn't. Um, I'm Shane. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't know about the pig thing until I read about it ten minutes before. Oh, we started. Me doing neither. It. I thought it was just a movie thing because I saw like it was in the more recent film. I thought that was just a complete like add on by the director or whatever. And no, it was like a thing that I like. I later on I listened to in, in one of the documentaries, and it was like, yeah, you know, we saw this thing, like this pig entity. And I was like, uh, hold up, like you can't just drop that. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, like I, I don't know, like when it comes to like full body type stuff, like seeing physical like entities, I, to me, when it like in just general when it comes to like the whole paranormal stuff i'm interested in it obviously because i'm doing this and doing this podcast uh but i still have like a very i guess scientific way of looking at things and like i need yeah. to just have an explanation yeah no i feel I like know... you have to have that though yeah yeah and like i i understand people who are like hardcore firm believers and hardcore firm like skeptics but I don't know if you can really or if you really should be one of those people when going into these types of things. Yeah. And now this is purely based off because like I've had weird stuff happen to me, but a lot of them I can still give explanations for. The only reason that I'm like intrigued in learning more about this stuff is because like little small things or like once one time occurring things that I to this day don't have an explanation at all so that's like where i'm i can kind of give some like understanding and like empathy to people who have these accounts because to me i'd be like i would want an explanation and a lot of times they don't get one so like like i keep saying like i don't know if this happened or not like i i'm skeptical and i am a little more leaning towards the fact that this may have been made up uh or like uh not not a hundred percent made up, but you know, like fluffed up a bit. Uh, that's what I kind of lean towards more than just being like this. All happened. All this is crazy. It's the most haunted house in the world type stuff. Um, though there are places. To be fair, uh, <laughs> I know I, I sound crazy. Like going, I'm like, oh, you're a hypocrite. Uh, there are places where I'm like. I haven't been there, but I kind of believe this just based off like the sheer amount of people that, you know, will back up the story. Cause like here, I think for the most part, other families don't report stuff from what I can remember. Like, I'm pretty sure for the most part, it's predominantly just the Lutz family, the priest. And then like the investigators that went there of that time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, if this was a prolonged thing, I could maybe understand it a bit more. Or if this was 100% real, 
maybe it wasn't the house, you know, like maybe it, it was just them and it just, they just happened to be in the house when it was happening. I don't know, but like you live in the area. I'm, I'm certain that people aren't screaming and running out of the house still. Right. Like, I don't think that keeps happening. Um, I'm pretty sure it was just the Lutz family. And then it just happens to have a lot of owners throughout the years. Yeah, so it's just I I mean, if anyone can't tell, I think this entire thing is a load of bullshit. I think the guy was just crazy or maybe he was hearing voices, but they weren't demons or just inside his head. And he decided to kill his whole family because of it. And I think the whole thing is fabricated personally. I don't mm-hmm. believe a lick of it. Um Well, yeah, well like I said earlier, like I think uh, like anything that happened that night of the murders, I think up until that night ended, everything was real. Like everything that happened. Oh yeah, that's like him. like that's confirmed. Yes, that and I think everything that since happened that, up, since up that until day, like, up yeah. until he like went and said, because he also called the police. He called the police saying, "Hey, yeah, like my entire family is dead in the house." Hmm. Yeah, like, it was, like I said, he's like, the one that called the cops, and then, and then what? Real, what finally did him in when they started thinking about it? They were just—he apparently asked how to get the insurance money, and the cops were like, eh, "That's not the right question to ask here, buddy." So then they looked more into it, and they were like, "Ah, he did it." Oh my god, dude! Yeah, this guy wasn't the sharpest crayon in the box. Let me tell you something. No, not at all. But like, I think since that point. Like obviously he dug his own grave, but oh, that 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 was like the climax of when everything just went boom. And then come like the late seventies into the eighties is when the whole paranormal stuff came. I think just since then it's just had that like obvious. I don't I don't know if I should. I don't want to call it fame. I would very much put it under like infamacy. Because there's just so much debate and like so much like ridicule and back and forth and like all this weird stuff that I think from that point onwards has just surrounded that house like that whole because I like the owners there today like obviously as we stated early on like they're trying to get away from that type of stuff they don't want that image associated to the house and they don't report anything happening either so it it seems to like kind of play into the fact that like you know maybe this was you know blown out of proportion maybe they heard a few knocks but maybe it wasn't paranormal at all like it's just that type of stuff yeah so it's just and like and i don't know if you read this but the one thing that gets me is there's like a whole falling out thing afterwards where Mm -hmm. the lawyer who originally, like, had their back and was, like, helping them bob and weave through all of, like, the mainstream media's appearances and the movie deals and the book deals. Apparently, he came out in 1979 saying the three of them came up with the story over many bottles of wine and that it was a hoax. Yes. Yes, I remember this now. Yeah, he, like, did a 180. Yeah, because, like, they got into a dispute over money. And then he was just like, you know what? Like... Like, this is done. 
But I guess you could also play the opposite side of the coin where it's like they got into a fight about money. So then it could have, let's just say for to play devil's advocate, it is all true. He, he threw them under the bus. And then he throws them under the bus. Yeah. Lying about it. But, but the one thing that really gets me is yeah. apparently the husband and wife took a lie detector test and they both yeah, they, they passed. passed. Yeah, they passed it, but like... Which, which they're not reliable. But yeah, still, like like if, so if anyone listening takes takes hard stock in lie detector tests, boy, do boy, is this the story for you? I, from what I can understand from lie detector tests, obviously nowadays they're not admissible in court. Um, but I think they're still predominantly used, mainly not to like a hundred percent, um, like tell obviously if someone's lying, yes or no type stuff. I think they're mainly used as like a starting point for further investigation based off of like analyzing someone's anxiety levels. So they know now that like you can, you can be lying and pass or you could be telling the truth and fail. But what they kind of look for nowadays is like, is there a shift in like anxiety is that's what they kind of measure, which Obviously, back then, they have a much more rudimentary way of looking at it, uh, and they both passed. So, in their minds, they're like, the in their minds, their their uh, conclusion is either A, this is true, and they're telling the truth, or B, this is false, and they believe it's the truth. Or like, yeah, they like just maybe passed. they just, it, maybe it's just one of those situations where it's like, they've just lied so much about it, they suddenly like start to believe that it's actually true. Oh yeah, I mean to to their credit, like if you today go and see like a horror movie, and you're like, ah ha ha, like that's you know that's silly. I went there for like a joke with a friend, like it's just for entertainment, and everyone's like, yeah, it's for entertainment. Bullshit. Eight time, like eight out of ten, you're gonna go home and you're gonna like be a little, little on edge. Like as much as you think it's fake, and as much as you've played it for laughs, like. Oh yeah, no, You're a I little to on edge. For that reason, <laughs> like, like whenever you hear like ghost stories or like campfire type stuff, I I remember when I was super young, uh, and I didn't know it was fake at the time. Um, for anyone who, kno- who knows this story, the uh, oh god, what's it called? The uh, oh the the Russian sleep experiment. Yes. Yeah, I uh, newsflash for anyone or any kids out there listening, uh. Sorry to break it to you, but that's a creepy pasta that someone made up. Um, it's all fake. Uh, I didn't know that little like 13, 12 year old me when it came out or whatever. And I was being told in like the dead of night in my friend's backyard. Like I did not know this. And the whole night at the sleepover, I was just like, oh God, like I want to go to bed, but at the same time, I don't <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> and you know, you're, you're terrified, but it's just a story. Like you have no credible proof that it happened, but you're still terrified. And I think that, you know, maybe that, that may have played into it a bit more. And like you have attested, the house is very creepy despite their efforts of trying to glam it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the whole like, atmosphere and the fact that they knew a family died there probably didn't help with uh calming their nerves 
I mean, uh, yeah, it's 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 murky. The whole thing's murky. The just just since we're talking about uh, creepy pastas, the one <laughs> that got me. I've read uh, one creepy pasta in my entire life, and because of it, I refused to go to Disney. Uh huh. It was the. Oh. Was it? It was like it was that one where it's like the abandoned Disney. It's called like Mowgli's Jungle or something. Oh, I haven't heard about this one. Wait, have I? Or what? Well, uh, explain it because I, so, I don't know if I've heard this one or not. <laughs> so it's like this guy. It's like Disney. Disney tried making a, another theme park, but just because of all these different like regulations and um, everything, it kind of. Sh- shut down like midway through so they had or it was open and then they shut it down like in the early 80s and some guy went exploring through there and he just found like the place was like ransacked and then he found that like these disney characters were like coming to life like with no people in there and it's just like like in like blood it said like god is dead or something like that like it scared the freddy's it's essentially like that it scared <laughs> the absolute shit out of me shane oh i was sure. like i was i was like 11 years old when i read it oh yeah i mean that that to be fair that was like the best time to hear these stories because now they're all you're always a little skeptical but oh my god i did i'm gonna send it to you and, oh totally i would love to hear it remember it i is. i think you say that was the only one but remember the one i told you uh God, uh, what was it called? Um, the, oh, the guy, the guy on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, the 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 um, dear dear David. Yeah. Ugh. Oh God. That that, was... To be fair, I don't know if that is fake or not because I don't know. But he's getting a movie from like Paramount or whatever. So yeah, good for him. <laughs> um, but like to be fair, like that has parallels now to the um, uh, the Lutzes because like they got movie be in a book deal essentially out of it mm-hmm. like that that doesn't help your case if you're like oh you know this is real this is real you gotta believe me but at the same time go buy the ticket for my show like you know like it doesn't help your credibility to be like yeah, this, no, definitely this. Not. yeah and like i th- think that for me the biggest thing that turned me off on this story like obviously the whole lawyer thing that you mentioned uh because when I did my own research and again, I listened to like documentaries and stuff, they leave all this stuff sort of towards the, the back of it. Cause you get like all the hype and all the paranormal and like the, Whoa, the crazy and the theories in the beginning, but then they like really talk about it. And like the biggest things for me is like the fact that it's such a close knit group. Essentially there's like the author, the lawyer, the nameless potentially was there pre so to speak because again the the name was altered but they claim a a priest came in i don't know how credible that is uh and the family like that's just like five little tiny groups that within a month like a very very short window of time uh essentially could do all this stuff and then within the following year it blew up like to me like i I would believe it a bit more if other neighbors, you know, like had 
not like reports, but like they saw odd behavior or if they noticed that the house was still sort of like ominous and off or like they would report stuff when they would visit. And like, and obviously again, like, like I mentioned families prior, like after they moved out, don't have these massive stories. I think, I think there's like maybe one report of like, yeah, we heard like a knock or whatever, but nothing since then. Like one, like nothing at all came out after they left. And I don't know, like the only other time people reported stuff in that house was later when the Warrens went there. So it's like, again, another very, very small select group who has a direct relation to the Lutzes went in, got this crazy stuff, and then left. And then, like, since that point, nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it's very, like, select small groups. Essentially, if you count that up, that's only six... That's only eight, potentially nine people that had something crazy happen and, like, one time. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems too coincidental. It seems too easy in a way. It just, it just, it doesn't settle very well. And I don't know why. Um, maybe to the fact that, like, you know, they, they released a book, like, right after. And then a movie, like, five years later. And then, like, yeah, remake like remake throughout the years. That's, like, 12 movies oh, in. And, like, to, to, to the credit of the Warrens, because I think... I don't. I don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's admirable work. It's cool work. It'd be a cool job, um, but like these early on cases, because I'm pretty sure it was like a fairly early thing for them. Like I think they at this point have already done a few other like major stuff, but this was one of like the big like calling card type. This is gonna shoot us off into the stratosphere type case. And they got, like, all this evidence. The very first, like, wave of investigations they had, that was it. Like, yeah. And I've been on, like, a small handful of investigations. And anyone who, like, does this stuff can attest that, like, 99.99% of the time, you'll get squat. (laughs) And that other, like, 0.01%, you then have to, like thoroughly comb through <laughs> to make sure that it's not something else and like more than half the time it's something else or you can at least attribute it to something similar to something else so like the fact that they got so much stuff early on and i know i think lorraine technically it was like a psychic of some sort so i don't know uh it just seems like so easy to me and i don't like that it is easy and to me like the the cases that are like that i can't give a whole lot of credence to so i don't i don't know i i i haven't been there so i don't know for myself yeah Um, i get it and if i do if i do go there i don't think anything would happen yeah i mean good luck getting into the place apparently i'm sure a whole bunch of other like a whole bunch of like paranormal people like tried getting in like ghost adventures all this and not, I don't, I'm not, if one got in, I'd be surprised. Well, the, the, that's 
what I, I think I mentioned earlier, like the the families that keep living there now, they don't want to be attributed to this. Like it's someone's yeah. house. <laughs> it's someone's house now. It's not like a like an old prison or like an old hospital like we have here, where it's like uh, like Penhurst or uh, the the penitentiary. Like they're not like local landmarks or like public locations. This is someone's residential house. Like the um down here i don't know if you've been there or not uh down in old city there's a little tiny street called El- alfred's alley have you heard about it no i have not it's the oldest continuously lived in residential street in america i believe i could be wrong uh but people have lived there like since philly was before it was philly essentially and they have continued to live there nonstop since. It's technically claimed to be haunted, and very minutely. Uh, but like people live there. Every house on that street has a family living in it or a person living in it. And nonstop, every day, there's like a walking tour that goes into their street, and it's like a very small like alleyway, essentially type street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're like crowds of like 20 outside they will not let you in there's one day in the year or one weekend in the year that they'll let you like come but they try to make it more like uh like colonial-esque like it's more like a heritage type event and they 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 don't want it to be this weird ghost tour type landmark and i can totally see why the people who currently live uh in the quote-unquote amityville house would not want that thing like they they don't want people doing that it's like any celebrity like you don't want people just coming into your house and just chilling and touching all your stuff and going into your bedrooms with weird like equipment and measuring all the electrical stuff in your house like i i wouldn't want that Yeah. yeah so i guess i guess we've kind of beat this horse dead so the only thing left is talk about uh where everyone's at now so obviously that family is dead um <laughs> wait the lutz the lutzes no the no oh, oh, the, 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 yeah the defeo i was like wait hold on yeah, yeah no like, this the, is yeah, only so the, the 70s no, so the defeos are dead um ron is the son dead i don't no, he so he, he is still alive. He's okay. only like 67 years old. Yeah. And yeah, he is currently serving six 25-year-to-life sentences oh, in a God. New York State correctional facility. Mm-hmm. So he's good, not good. getting out anytime soon. No, not at all. <laughs> um, to this day, he still claims that he hears, that he heard voices. In the house, okay. but whether or not they told him to kill his family, his story changes all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like day one. One of the sons, Daniel Lutz, who lives in Queens, is a construction worker, claims that the house has ruined his life and that he continues to have nightmares to this day. I think that's the son that I have heard stories from. Th- th- that's the one who Where he... saw the pig head, allegedly. Yes, but he's the one that will keep talking about it, from what I can understand. Like, he's a little bit more open about, like, 
that it, like obviously like you said it ruined his life like it yeah. gave like it he gives a little more credibility to like even if this was like a made-up thing like it happened it, it was real to him in some regard um i think he was the one because he's like a little heavier from what i can understand uh is what i can remember from the interview and the documentary from like years ago so yes okay <laughs> moving on to the other like four or five people um as far as i know that's it that's all that they really have on on anybody else oh really oh, okay I, I i'm assuming maybe the husband and wife are still alive for the lutzes I'm guessing the sons are still around. Well, the so. the I think if the the family was alive today, uh, they would be really old. Yeah, I mean, maybe, definitely, probably. Uh, I think, I think the parents are dead. <laughs> That's like really morbid. Um, I just looked up Lutz family today. And it's really weird. Um, I think the dad, George, it says he died in May of 06 uh, in Las Vegas. So I don't know if that's the same guy or not. I think it is. Um, Oh, yeah. So I just found an article written by, like, our local newspaper here on the island. uh Uh, It says George and Kathy Lutz are dead. Yes. And Daniel yes. siblings declined to participate in the film. Kathy died two years prior in 04 from emphysema. I believe that's cancer. I could be wrong. Uh, no, it's a... It's... Oh, it's like a, it's like a lung thing. Okay. Um... <laughs> So she she died in 04, he died in 06. Um, oh my goodness, there's more to the story that we didn't even hit. Wait, really? Really? Wait, there's three kids. She has a she had a third kid. Yeah. Wait. But it, oh, wait, I, that's right. I, yeah, I guess, they had a daughter. I, I guess that child was so young it didn't matter. Damn it, why do I forget that? No, I... Damn it, I should have remembered the daughter, because in the movie, I think she's the one that tries to walk off the... The roof. Oh, God. It's like the only scene I can remember from the movie. Uh, the new one. Like, she tries to jump off the roof because her friend told her to. Oh. Well. Forgot about her. Here's a, <laughs> here, here's a snippet from the article. This, okay. is, this is a real doozy. Mm-hmm. Daniel insists that the Amityville haunting was real and blames it largely on his stepfather, George Lutz, whom he loathed. He says that George dabbled in the, dabbled in the occult and was capable of telekinesis. Daniel also claims that he himself was possessed by a spirit, a la the exorcist, complete with a violently shaking bed. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, right. so I'm just going to go ahead and say that this guy is also crazy. I mean... It's either that Again, or he's he was, really he was committed young. to making sure that this goes well. Yeah. Yeah. And like to be fair, like he was young. He was very young at the time. Yeah, he so, was nine years old. Yeah, so I think some of this could 
potentially have some credibility to the like a delusional uh fact of it like just throughout the years it's like imprinted and like morphed and created its own story so to speak but like you said um the the people who could have fabricated the story was like the lawyer the family and like they the the parents so to speak and yeah. like they tried to get a deal out of it if the parents were trying to make some of these things happen and they wanted more people to believe it i could totally understand them going out of their way especially george in this case because he's like the stepdad or whatever um and a lot of these stories seem to relate around him if he really wants people to believe them, why not set things into motion to where your stepkids and your wife possibly believe the same thing you know what i mean like maybe just you know like maybe the fly thing maybe he puts them into the vent or something and then with his kids maybe he rigs something up or puts that pig thing in the attic like you know what i mean yeah yeah so i, I can totally see that happening and and like i said like i think most of this had to do with the dad for the most part, um, which is why I think a lot of people give it more credit to the fact that, like, maybe this was the house doing something. Um, because people are like, oh, well, now the dad's showing similar signs to what uh, the DeFeo boy was showing. And like it's like it's possessing him now and all this type of stuff. I think that was a big part of the story, too, where it's like it's moving on to the next victim and he'll eventually do the same thing to his family but obviously his his credibility in the story keeps going down and down and down each year as more evidence comes to light and contradicting stories come out and um i forgot that there was like a possible occult angle um i don't i feel like it it varies because i feel like i've heard something where it was like like straight up it's like oh he did witchcraft but then other stuff was like oh you know he had like a ouija board at one point when he was younger and like stuff like that but i don't know (laughs) and i don't think anyone proved it whether or not like he actually did that so who knows (laughs) um but yeah i mean it's odd that i mean i guess it's not odd that we don't know where the other two kids are um because i you know I would very much want to keep that private. I would not want to be out there. Um, I guess Danny doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really... I feel like that's it. Like, there's not much left to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, I, I would I totally, totally say that, like this whole story starts and ends with the Lutzes. Like, yeah, nothing, nothing really happened paranormal wise before them and nothing happened paranormal wise after them. So like, believe whatever you want to believe, like research, whatever you want to. But I think regardless of what your viewpoint is on the story, that, fact has to be like very firmly established early on since their encounter quote unquote because I'm, I, you can't see I'm air quoting uh, since their encounter 
nothing has happened. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, like, none of the other families have experienced anything. Yeah, and so I feel like... it's it, your first... Your first yeah. clue that, you know what, something's, something's fishy in this, uh, in this household. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like even if they did, you would have eventually have heard about it. Like, even if it wasn't them telling the story, like, a family or a friend or someone they told would have mentioned it somewhere. Like, it's so hard to keep that stuff secret. Especially now, like, if someone who was living there now kept it private, but, like, was telling close family members it's going to get out like it's going to get out eventually it's just, but the fact that it hasn't and nothing has been mentioned about it just i don't know i think it's not real <laughs> i'm leaning more towards the camp of like this seems too fishy um the same case with uh i, don't know, I get so much slack for this over on uh twitter or uh, not on Twitter, on YouTube, uh, when I did this a while ago, um, the whole Bobby Mackey's music world. Uh, I I know people think it's like this horrendously haunted place, but going off of like the research that I did, I can't support that claim more than like 60%. And that's like a soft 60. Like, to me, there's too many variables that don't add up, like this story with the Lutzes, and like the fact that so many of these things were like too coincidental or too easy to find, or like, and like in both in both locations, like only really happened to one person in particular, like the really terrible stuff. So I don't know. I mean. Again, I have to be there to 100% confirm or deny. And either way, I would want solid proof. But the solid proof is essentially for (laughs) making me believe it more than, you know, weaning me off of that. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it is what it is, but it's looking like it's not what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, so I think I think that's a good wrap up point. Um would you agree for the whole I think we mentioned a lot of it, a lot of the story. It was all over the place, but we mentioned a lot of it. Yeah, I mean I feel like it was all over the place because the whole story itself is all <laughs> over the place because like this becomes connected to that, but it's also connected to a point that we made ten minutes ago because like it's just the whole story is all over the place, just like just like Ron's story to the feds or like the movies or the books. It's just, it's, it's absolute, it's bonkers really. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess this will be the, the ending point. Um, thank you for coming on as the very first official guest of the podcast. Um, of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, are, do you, do you just want to like plug yourself with whatever you want for people? Uh, obviously. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Froley393, F R O L E Y 393. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my f- friend Vincent and I have a sports podcast called the Long Islander Podcast. We're both from Long Island. Talk sports, have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, would really appreciate it if you guys gave us a listen, like, subscribe to that. Uh, we You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at uh 
at Long Islander Pod. So um, I know Shane has plugged us a couple of times, and I mean that means the world to us. Um, yeah, so thank you again for having us. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, having- totally. And if and for people who want to find it, I have again mentioned you guys on Twitter. So if you need to like find them through me, go on Twitter. I'll definitely give another shout out when this thing uploads. I don't again. I don't know when it's gonna upload. <laughs> but I think we're at like. I think we're at like an hour and a half at this point. I probably won't edit this down too heavily. Um, <laughs> but again, yeah, if you want to check them out, it's the Long Islanders podcast. They're, you're pretty much everywhere at this point, right? Like you're on uh, I, iTunes and uh, yeah, mainly YouTube, iTunes, right? Um, YouTube and iTunes. Yeah, like uh, iTunes, Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, if you want to watch like video versions of us, we just actually did a video last night for like some big NBA news news broke we were like you know what let's just do this so we have videos up there if you want to see our uh our ugly mugs as we call <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're they're very like just conversation like pals talking type podcast so if you're into that type of stuff and you're into sports and you want to have like a bunch of bros i guess so to speak yeah exactly <laughs> and, uh, and, honest, and honestly if anyone does listen they don't agree with this call us out on it and we'll do it totally we'll sure. we will come right back at you we are not scared i'll, I'll sit in the comments and i'll eat uh, eat my popcorn and just enjoy it but uh but yeah i mean from the same county as big ones <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's a good listen I... approximately 20 minutes from my house and i could not be happier about that <laughs> and um you, you they, they sometimes have a co-host with another friend of ours uh john potts so if you you know, want to listen to like a whole group session type thing, uh, definitely check them out. Uh, again, it's the Long, Long Islanders podcast. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Everywhere, essentially. Everywhere. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll plug you guys in there. Uh, again, thank you for coming on board. And uh, thank you again. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess the end plan. I, I don't know how to end these things ever so i just <laughs> oh no n- neither do we we have no idea how, how to do it we kind of just press end and however it ends is how it ends <laughs> so i guess that's a good end point for us because i'm about to click end right now <laughs> this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.